As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. After struggling at the end of 2021, the Mexican men's national team is looking to solidify its defense in its upcoming World Cup qualifiers. Felipe Cardenas is here to break down El Tree's roster and what to expect along the back line. From The Athletic, I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, January 25th. Well, it's World Cup Qualifiers Week, which means that we're going to be focusing a lot uh, on these next few shows on the United States and Canada and, of course, El Tri, Mexico, which means Felipe Cardenas is here to talk about their upcoming three games in this window. They start, of course, with a visit to Jamaica uh, on Thursday, and then they are home for the next two games, although that'll, those will be played behind closed doors with no fans at the Azteca, I would assume. Uh, against Costa Rica and Panama Felipe. The roster for Mexico came out last week, and the the people that were named in the roster, at least in the front two parts of the field, in the midfield and forwards, are all mostly names that you would expect with the addition of Diego Linez. Uh, he's now back in the fold. You wanted to talk, I think, interestingly, about the goalkeepers and the defense uh, that Tata Martino named for this window, which is also an area clearly needed a little bit of work after the last couple friendlies and, you know, a, a bad end to 2021, let's just say. So what, what stands out to you at those positions uh, as you look at this roster and look ahead to these games that are coming up? Well, you know, first of all, the, they, Mexico will be playing behind closed doors, but we are expected to see about 2000 people at the Azteca for those games against Panama and Costa Rica. Remember, the, the Federation is running like a pilot program. So they won their appeal against the FIFA Court of Arbitration, um, which overturned the suspension, the oh, sanction that they okay. received. So, they, so instead of them saying, great, we're just going to open the stadium and play with 50,000 people or 100,000 people. Uh, they've remained, it's, it is essentially a closed door match, but they're, they're, you know, inviting a select group of fans and they're going to met, test these different measures that are going to be in place from fan IDs, 
to like a QR code that you need to scan and have registered before you enter the stadium. And, and they're going to continue to monitor the chant, obviously. But yes, you, you may see some people in, in, in this in, at the Azteca for these games. The, the chant, of course, being the the reason for the for the suspension, uh, not right. so much COVID, but more so uh, the continued homophobic chanting by uh, a certain segment of the Mexican fan population. Um, should just make that clear that that's the reason why we're talking about this. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, back to the goalkeepers. I mean, the, this there aren't any surprises in, in the group of goalkeepers that Tata Martino has selected. You have Rodolfo Cota, Guillermo Ochoa, um, Jonathan Orozco, and Alfredo Talavera. Like these are goalkeepers that have been in Tata Martino's camps ever since he took over the job in 2019. Uh, and so I think the the critique right now on those selections is that of a player like Memo Choa, the starting goalkeeper for Club America, the captain for the Mexican national team, has not performed well for both club and country uh, as of late, especially ending the year. The way he ended the year uh, was almost uncharacteristic in, in as far as a goalkeeper like like Ochoa. You know, he he's not considered uh, a globally like top goalkeeper. But he just he's always been there for the national team, he's always performed and, and, and against the United States, against Canada, especially against Canada. Uh, you know, he really gave up two easy goals, uh, which really raised a lot of questions on Tata's selection process. So instead of Tata Martino going with younger goalkeepers, he did call up um, Carlos Acevedo for the friendly against Chile before the end of the year. Acevedo obviously is the Santos Luguna goalkeeper, a very good goalkeeper, an acrobatic goalkeeper uh, with just one cap and, and who continues to perform at a high level in Liga MX. He's the one that the fans want to see. And he played really well against Chile. Uh, you know, when I was in Mexico City and I asked Tata Martino about the, the goalkeepers, he basically told me that, yes, he watches Acevedo. Um, he's very high on David Ochoa, the goalkeeper at Real Salt Lake. Those are, he called them like the future of the national team. But right now he sees this core group of goalkeepers as the group that's most, the, the best prepared to take them to Qatar. And so it's unlikely that he's going to bring in a young goalkeeper to spell either one of these guys who each one of them has their merit to be in the national team. Just quickly, a guy like Jonathan Orozco yeah. uh, is just really good with his feet. He's a very good goalkeeper playing out of the back. And that's very key for Tata's system. And then moving on to the defenders, of course, I'm looking at the, you know, the four most recent games that they played in all competitions between qualifiers and friendlies, uh, 3-2 Ecuador win against Mexico, obviously the 2 nothing win by the United States, 2-1 win, by Canada over Mexico and a 2-2 draw with Chile in a friendly to end the year. Those are score lines that seem to indicate that there are some defensive issues and there are some interesting selections in this group of defenders, including notably Julian Araujo, the uh, defender who played in the LA Galaxy uh, youth system, came up through the U.S. youth system, but declared for Mexico. Do you think we could see him debut in an official competition and thus be completely officially legally cap-tied to Mexico? or? Are they looking at some other options at fullback as well? Well, first of all, it's a huge call-up for, for Araujo, the Galaxy yeah. defender, a defender who had a very good showing against Chile in that friendly uh, at the end of November, so or December, I believe. Uh, you know, and the right back spot is just both fullback spots have been sort of up in the air for Mexico. Even though Tata continues to call in the same guys, neither Chaka Rodriguez on the right 
or Jesus Gajardo on the left have really locked down those positions. In fact, both players have regressed as of late, you know, especially um, Jesus Gajardo. He was really victimized uh, against the U.S. You know, Tim Weah just really took him to town for, for 90 minutes. Yeah. And Chaka Rodriguez, of course, had a nightmare showing against the U.S. as well. So, you know, I think Araujo has a chance to play, perhaps not against Jamaica. I think Jorge Sanchez, who's the more physical uh, fullback of that group. And he's a guy that Tata likes to play in this sort of match, you know, where it's going to be physical, it's going to be direct. Uh, you may have a very speedy winger on your side. Uh, I think I expect to see Jorge Sanchez start against Jamaica, but in, in, a, in a group game or the following games against Costa Rica and Panama, uh, which may suit Mexico a little bit better. They may have, they'll probably have a lot more of the ball. They'll be at home. You know, they, that's where I think Araujo can, can slip in. You know, he's very good in possession. He's an attacking fullback and he just looked very comfortable in that start against Chile. So I do think that he has a really good chance of playing this window for sure. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. There are also some notable exclusions in this defender group, including Carlos Salcedo. What do you see among the center backs? And what do you think, you know, what kind of pairings, what kind of things do you think Tata Martino is looking at uh, going into these three games? Yeah, well, Carlos Salcedo is an interesting case. You know, he was essentially, um, you know, he had a he had a bad outing in, over the summer, both Nations League and Gold Cup. He did not play well and then had a very public spat with the coaching staff during that Gold Cup match. It was caught on video. Uh, an argument he had with Jorge Tyler, one of Martino's assistants. He has since apologized, even admitting to, to doing so publicly, and he regained his form for Tigres. Uh, so he, you know, I think he's still one of the favorites to be in this on this World Cup roster if and when they qualify for Qatar. But for now, it is interesting that he remains out. You know, he's back playing really well, and perhaps the the, the fact that he's you know in between transfers. You know, there's a lot of talk. Even though we've even confirmed talks, advanced talks between Tigris and Toronto FC. I don't know if that is a factor, uh, but he's been left off in favor of three defenders that once again are have been stalwarts for Martino. You have uh, Cesar Montes and Hector Moreno from Monterrey, who missed out on both the Canada and United States game in, in, in last year at the end of that window. Nestor Araujo is back as well. He's also a player that Martino likes to rely on. So all those guys are back. Johan Vasquez, the young left-footed, left-footed uh, central defender who started against the U.S., started against Canada, you know, looked good at times in possession. But in the end, I think he was just overwhelmed by sort of the magnitude of those matches. Yeah. And so Tata's going going back to guys that he knows guys that he trusts. And I think Salcedo will just have to continue to play well and work his way back. Well, Mexico's in a very interesting position currently in third in the CONCACAF octagonal behind the United States and Canada on 14 points tied with Panama, which means this upcoming window is going to be really, really big for them. Felipe, thanks so much for setting the table for us. I can't wait to actually watch these games and talk to you some more about it. 
later this week or next. Anytime, Alex. Thanks a lot. Mexico gets their international window started on Thursday at 7 p.m. against Jamaica. That'll be on CBS Sports Network and Telemundo. They continue on Sunday, January 30th, against Costa Rica at 6 p.m. on Univision and Tudene. Elsewhere in soccer news, the athletic Sam Stasekul can confirm that DeAndre Yedlin has had his contract terminated by Turkish giants Galatasaray. He's now in talks with Hull City to join the English side. He was in talks for a contract with Inter-Miami in MLS, but it doesn't sound like those are going anywhere, at least not as of the time I'm recording this. Watford have fired Claudio Ranieri as their manager. They're currently second from bottom in the Premier League. And finally, over the weekend in the NWSL, the Board of Governors has unanimously approved changes to the Washington Spirit's ownership structure. That means that Michelle Kang has potentially cleared a big hurdle as she seeks to take control of the team, but she is not yet officially the majority owner. That has to be decided by the Spirit itself. You can read all about those stories and so, so much more at The Athletic. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic and listening on our app. You can also get 33% off a year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening. Happy soccer to you all.